Hi everyone and welcome to Ask the Coach Show episode 13. I'm Jeff Plum and with me as always is Alois Rosero. Welcome Alois. Hi Jeff, another beautiful day in downtown Melbourne. Yes it is, yes looking forward to a beautiful summer's day, it's going to be a warm day hopefully. Yeah, they're talking about 30 degrees today so um, that's Celsius of course. Of course, indeed. And um, as always, we've got a lot of great questions for you. So looking forward to answering some of those. First up, I, we have a question from Michael. And Michael says, I was just on a training camp and learned to play early, mid and late forehand topspins against under and topspins. I did quite well, but I guess I still need more training for perfection. I forgot to ask when to play which kind of topspin. Yeah, so um, the, the the basic principle is that you try to hit the ball fairly early, as early as you can, uh, near the top of the bounce. That will give you the opportunity to play the strongest shot that you can. But mixing up that timing can uh, can help you win some points because it's some variation. So you can start to come in a little bit earlier than the, the top of the bounce and take it on the half volley um, to, to decrease the amount of time your opponent has or sometimes take the ball even later and that slows the ball up. So especially if a player likes the ball coming fast at them, it's good to just mix up that timing sometimes. So playing fast, they don't need to think they just react and some players do really well with that but in that situation it's good to just go back play a slower ball or a ball that um, you hit a little bit later and that mucks up their timing a bit so um, so give that a try so there's no real general rules about when to play each but if especially if you're in a good position then you can dictate the timing that you're going to play for each shot Okay, great. Um, that sounds good, Michael. So, yeah, just try all of them and keep working on your top spin. I guess that's the important thing. Keep improving that and then you'll have more options. Okay, next we have a question from Abenard and he said, I saw in a recent match between Timo Bolvers, Chun Ting Wong where Chun Ting was serving and after two or three exchanges, Timo pointed out he was a let. Do the rules allow players to do this so late in the point if the umpire has not seen it? Yeah, well, the actual rule is that the umpire needs to call the let, but the practical situation is that in a lot of uh, lot of situations, the players might see the let that the umpire doesn't, and they will just put their hand up while they're playing the rally. And in most situations, the players will just agree to to play a let in that situation. So, what will happen is you know one player will put up a put up their hand, and the other player thinks, yeah, maybe it was a let. So they just slow down the rally, and they just end up tapping the ball to each other. And uh, as I said, in most situations, the umpire will then just call a let. Um, I mean, the umpire doesn't have to call a let uh, because it is their call. But as I said. Practically and in most situations, and especially if both players um, think that it's a let, then uh, the umpire will call a let. Yeah, okay, so that's interesting. So technically, by the rules, it's really the umpire's call, but the etiquette is that the players normally can do that and they normally agree on it. Yeah, they normally do agree. I mean, there are situations where they don't agree and then, you know, 
the um, the player, one of the players will just finish the rally, and uh, the umpire in that situation is basically forced to give the point to that player because if they didn't call the let, um, it's not then up to the um, the player to uh, to stop the point. So um, yeah, according to the rules, the umpire needs to call it. Okay, great question, Avanar. Thank you. Next, we have a question um, from CC, and CC says. I'm able to do some video analysis, some video analysis of myself playing, and was wondering what are the criteria I should be looking for when trying to find weaknesses. Also, are there tests we can do on strokes to see how consistent we are at them? Yeah, so um, I think one of the or, or a couple of the real basic things to think about and to look for are just have a look at your start position and your finish position of your strokes and try to compare them with the strokes that we show you. Um, check to see uh, where your bat is at the start, where your bat is at the finish. And try to stop the video at that those points so that you can really look at them rather than just watching, watching the shot um, looking like that because um, often by <clears throat> By pausing the video, you'll see things that you you don't normally see with the uh, with the fast video on. Um, by the way, video is a great way of doing some analysis on yourself. So um, so good job there. Um, other things that you can start to look at are your body position, your feet position, um, all those sorts of things um, as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's good. And. Um and as for the second part of the question, Alois, uh, what are some good ways to test the consistency of your stroke? Yeah, that's, that is a good one. Um, you know, the best way to test the consistency of a stroke is to play the stroke and see how many times you can get the ball on the table using that stroke without a mistake. So um, you might uh, give yourself five or ten minutes um, and see what the best rally that you can get in that five or ten minutes is without making, it, making a mistake. Um, you could also do it and um, on a on a ten mistake basis. So um, do the stroke and count how many times it takes to get to ten mistakes. So especially if you're starting off with um, with the stroke, that might be a good way to start with. And uh, I remember I must have been about oh, seven or eight or so, and uh, my coach at the time used to do that quite often, and we used to love uh, love doing that ten mistake drill. And we'd uh, write it down, and we had it on a sheet of paper, and um, and check each time um, whether we were getting better or uh, at that stroke and that consistency. Okay, that's some just a really good way to do it, Alice. Um, yeah, so yeah, congratulations, CC, uh, on uh, taking some video analysis. That's a great step, and hopefully, Alice is giving you some ideas on how you can make that even better. Yeah, and Jeff, we also have the consistency chart um, that you can download. Um, from our website, so if you just go to the free downloads, which is right at the bottom of our website, um, click on the link there for free downloads, and in there you'll see there's a consistency chart, and you can have a look at that and use right. that. And I'll put a link um, in the description of this video to that consistency chart for people so they can start using it. Okay, so next um, we have a question um, from Alex, and Alex has asked this um, using a Q&A app on the uh, Google Hangout, which is great. Thanks for asking the question, Alex. Um, and Alex says, hi, Alice and Jeff. 
I have been playing TT for the last two years and know the basics, the top spin, the block, the backswing push, etc. But I struggle against opponents with similar skill but more expensive bats with better grip. Should I change my T-bar, Chiller, Valsa, DHT? Um, yeah, Alex, if, if you're feeling like you're not getting the full value out of your strokes, then maybe it is time to change. Um, so think about if you're playing your strokes fully and correctly and they're almost um, too consistent, so the ball's going on the table all the time at, um, at a certain speed and you feel like by playing that stroke you could get more speed and spin, then it is time to, uh, to upgrade your strokes. So um, if, that's, if that's you, if that's how you feel about your bat, then maybe it is time to to upgrade something a little bit faster. You don't, okay. yeah. You don't have to go through anything too fast. Just just go one step up, basically. Okay, yeah, that's that's a good point. It's always a bit hard to know exactly when to change. And um, I'll put a link again to our how to choose a bat video because in there we talk about the various stages and when you should um, upgrade to the next equipment. So. I'll put a link in there for you, Alex, and you can watch that as well. But thank you for the question, and yeah, it sounds like uh, you know maybe it's worth a try to upgrade. All right, uh, next question is from David, and his question is: the rules say that serves must be from behind the baseline, and the baseline should be considered as extending out beyond the edges of the table. On another website video, it is said that you must serve from within the edge line. Can you clarify? Yeah, David, um, yeah, that's an easy one. So you, you're definitely allowed to serve from um, anywhere as long as it's behind the line of the table or the extension of that line. So you don't have to serve from within the um, sidelines of the table at all. So if you want to go uh, 20 metres off to your right and serve from there, you're allowed to. Um, obviously, it's tactically, tactically, it's not a great idea because uh, then you've got to run back the 20 metres to try and get back and play the next shot, but um, you are allowed to. So if you want to head over, over <laughs> past the barrier and uh, try your serves, go for it. Yes, but generally most people don't serve from very far, if at all, wider than that because it sort of does cut down their angles a little bit, doesn't it? Like if you serve more from within there, you can go down a line or cross court easier. Yeah, that's right. As soon as you go outside the sideline of the table, you're cutting off part of the table that you can serve to. So if you're inside the white, the white line or inside the sidelines, then you can basically serve to anywhere on the table. As soon as you go outside, it becomes really difficult to serve down the line, so, so to speak. So um, Yes. So, yeah, so you're allowed to, but maybe not such a good idea, David. Hope that clarifies things for you. Okay, so now we're on to the Ping Skillers question of the day. And this is a really good one. And we'd love your, your input, so make sure you uh, leave a comment for us. The question is, should you apologise for nets and edges? Now, um, that's an interesting one. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So that wraps up another show, um, episode 13. Again, thanks for your support of the show. We've had some great feedback and great comments about it. So um, thank you. 
And as always, make sure you check out www.pingskills.com and we will see you next time. Thanks, Alois. Okay, thanks, Jeff. I'm off to uh, enjoy this beautiful Melbourne sunshine.